Hey folks, welcome back for another episode of Mayhem in the Mid-South. This is going to be episode 8, Music City Murders. Our episode today will take us to the city of Nashville, Tennessee. Young lady named Angela Clay, she was 29 years old. She had two daughters, LaToya Clay, who was nine, and Lakeisha Clay, who was six. Now, she was married to a fellow named Benny Clay, but they had kind of had some differences, so they were kind of on the outs at the time. Now, while they're separated, Angela starts seeing a fella. He's not a very nice fella. His name is Byron Black. And it's December 1986. And Benny Clay, Angela Clay's estranged husband, he gets into it with Byron Black. They have an altercation which centers around Angela. So at some point, Clay, he's going to his car to leave. Well, the defendant, he pulls out a pistol starts blasting away. Now one of the rounds hit the car. Another round hit Clay in the right foot. And a third shot hit him in the back of the left arm. Now that bullet went through his left arm. It lodged underneath his collarbone. So Clay, he does the prudent thing. He takes off running. Well... Black, he gets to chasing him, and he's still blasting away. Finally, Clay collapses, and Black, he stands over him, cocks the pistol, and he's going to finish him. Angela runs up, and she pushes a, her boyfriend black away tells him to leave and then she takes her strange husband to the hospital and he stays in the hospital for a while well now old Byron Black he pleads guilty to the shooting and he gets him a sentence at the workhouse there in Nashville But it's a pretty good sentence because it includes weekend furloughs. Pretty good deal for shooting a human being. You get weekends off from the jail. Alright, so now we go forward a year and a half or so. Now it's March of 1988. It's a Friday. 
And old Byron, he gets released for the weekend. Angela, she works at Vanderbilt Hospital. And her sister, Lynette, has borrowed Angela's car. Well, she shows up at the hospital to pick her up. It's about 10 p.m. that night on the 25th of March. Well, lo and behold, old Byron Black's there. Sister leaves in the car, and Byron, he takes Angela and the two girls over to Angela's mama's house. Now, after old Byron drops off Angela and the two girls, he leaves. Angela and the girls, they stay there till about 10.20, 10.30 at night. And they leave in Angela's car because their sisters doesn't come by and drop the car off. Well, about 30 minutes later, Angela comes back to her mama's house because she needs to get an iron. She's got to get some clothes fixed up for work. She says she's going to bring the iron back the next morning. Now, Angela's sister, Lynette, she calls and she talks to Angela about 11.20 p.m. or so. And this is on the night of the 27th. Now, next morning, Miss Bell, she hadn't seen Angela. Angela didn't show up and bring the iron. She don't know what's going on. So she calls over there, and she can't get anybody to answer the phone. So she tries to call Angela all throughout the day. She's not getting an answer. Now, Mama, she calls sister. And they go over there to the apartment, knock on the door. And no one comes to the door. And the shades are all drawn. And Angela's car's parked outside the apartment complex there where it always is. Uh, Then they call the police. So Metro Nashville Police, they show up over there about 9.30 on Monday, March 28th, 1988. Now, they don't see any signs of forced entry. The door's locked. So one of the police officers, he goes around to a window and he pries off the window screen now all the lights are off in the apartment now he takes his flashlight and he shines it into what's obviously one of the 
children's room and he sees a pool of blood on the bed and a body of a small child on the floor. He's walks through the bedroom, opens up the front door, and they secure the apartment. Now, during their scene investigation, they find the bodies of Angela and her nine-year-old daughter, Latoya, in the master bedroom. Now, Angela, she's lying in the bed. She was shot once in the top of the head. Evidently, as she was asleep. Now, the medical examiner, Dr. Charles Harlan, who, if you remember that name, he was involved in the autopsies of the Shannon Street participants. Now, he said she was shot from probably a distance of 6 to 12 inches. And that it appeared to him that the gunshot was caused by a large caliber bullet. Now, little Latoya, she, the nine-year-old, her body's found partially on the bed and partially off the bed, wedged between the bed and a set of chest of drawers. Now, she'd been shot once through the neck and chest. Now, they found blood on her pillow, a bullet hole in the bedding, which showed that she'd been lying down when she was shot. Now, Dr. Harlan would later tell the jury that she was shot at a distance of greater than 24 inches, so a little bit more than two foot. Now, he says that the bullet path and the type of shot would indicate that The little girl didn't die right off the bat. And it probably took anywhere from three to ten minutes after she was shot before she died. Bullet fragments were recovered from her left lung. Now, the crime scene indicated that both the victims had been shot while they were still under the bed covers. Now, little Lakeisha, the six-year-old, she was the one that was in the the bedroom, the kids' room. Now, she was lying face down on the floor next to her bed. She'd been shot twice, once in the chest and once in the pelvic area. Dr. Harlan said that she died from bleeding as a result of the gunshot wounds. And she was shot from a distance of 6 to 12 inches. And it took her somewhere between 5 to 30 minutes to die after being shot. He said there was abrasions on her arm that indicated she was trying to crawl away. she was shot. Now the bullet holes and blood stains on the bed 
showed that she was lying in the bed when she was shot and then had crawled from the bed to the floor. Now there were her little bloody fingerprints on the rail running from the head of the bed to the foot of the bed. Gunshot wounds to her body also indicated a large caliber weapon, a revolver. Now they recovered fragments of one of the bullets from the wall above Angela's head and they collected a bullet from the mattress where little Lakeisha was laying. The telephone from the kitchen, it was found in the master bedroom and the telephone from the master bedroom was lying in the hallway between the two bedrooms. Now they would dust those phones for prints. And I'll give you about one guess whose fingerprints were on the phones. And if you guessed Byron Black, you would be right. Now, upstairs neighbors, they said between 1 and 1.30 a.m. on the 28th of March, they'd heard four loud noises, two in quick succession, followed by a pause of about 30 seconds or so, and then two more noises. Now, they described those noises sound like somebody has taken a hammer and hit the countertop real hard. Now, even though they said the noises sound like they was coming from the apartment below, they, uh, they weren't alarmed enough to call the police. Now, Byron, he had a history of being abusive towards Angela. He threatened to kill her in the past. He kicked in her front door. Now, the police, they went over to the workhouse there to talk to old Byron because, of course, he's done... He's done turned himself back in because his furlough's over. So when they first tell him he's acting all sorrowful and regretful and sad and shocked, and then as the interview goes along, all of a sudden, all that goes away. He's no longer tearful or sad. Now he gives a bunch of different stories. And the first one is after he drops off Angela and the girls at the mama's house, he goes to his mama's house. Now, he told the police he had a pistol, but the only pistol he had was a nine-shot twenty-two caliber Ruger. And he claims that that was the same gun that he'd shot Benny Clay with. 
Now, they take a couple of statements from old Byron, they get him on tape. And that first statement, he swears up and down. He wouldn't. Had dinner some friend's apartment, and then he went to his mama's place and stayed all night. Now, that second interview, though, a few hours later, he has an attorney. And on this one here, he says... Oh, yeah, he dropped the girls off. Then he came back later on that night. He pulled in front of the apartment and didn't see Angela's car. He comes back later and the car is there. And he says he went inside the apartment and said they were already dead, all of them. They was dead. And he got scared. He said he may have touched the telephones. He's not for sure. He don't remember. Of course, then he turns around and says he's afraid to touch them because he might get his fingerprints on them. Well, you already got your fingerprints on them, you idiot. He said he didn't try to render assistance or call for help because he didn't want to get involved. What a guy. So he locks the front door on his way out. Goes back to his mama's house, gets him a good night's sleep for the rest of the morning, and turns himself in. Claims he got seven or eight good hours of sleep on his mama's couch. Of course, now he still didn't report anything until the police came for him. Of course, now he's trying to claim that Benny Clay was the one that killed Angela and the girls. Now, police ask him about, well, when you shot Benny Clay, what'd you shoot him with? Because there wasn't any 22. He says he shot Benny Clay with a 357. And that he'd thrown that pistol in the Cumberland River. Well, the police, they don't play around. Not in Nashville. They go and talk to Benny Clay, and they say, look, Benny... We think the pistol you got shot with is the same one that murdered Angela and the girls. What would you say to going and getting that bullet removed out of your shoulder? Well, Benny Clay says, yep, I sure will. So they pull that bullet out of his shoulder. The police don't. He actually went to a hospital and had it removed. Well, it was a forty-four caliber bullet. So they take that bullet from out of Benny's body. TBI, they test the bullet from his body with the bullet recovered from little Latoya's pillow and the 44 caliber bullet taken from little Lakeisha's body and the bullet from the automobile that Benny was trying to get in the day he got shot. And guess what? They were all 44 caliber bullets. And they'd all been fired from the same weapon. Bad day for old Byron Black. Now old Byron, he goes to trial. 
and he gets convicted. Triple murder. Nowadays, that's considered a mass murder. Three or more victims. Now, he gets life in prison for killing Angela. He gets life in prison for killing Latoya. And for little Lakeisha, six-year-old, he gets a death sentence. And this probably won't shock you when I tell you that Byron Black still sits on death row up in Nashville. I believe he's got a new execution date for the coming year. And I'm sure he's going to die of old age before he ever sees the chair or the needle. there ever was an individual that needed to be executed, it sure is Byron Lewis Black. What an evil man.